Welcome to Bits About Books, the home for conversations with authors of breakthrough books on sales, marketing and business. Founders, entrepreneurs and individual professionals, we all need to keep track of ideas that are helping create our today and tomorrow. Bits About Books will strive to find those books and speak to their authors, go behind the scenes and understand what inspired the authors to write the books that they did and how they went about doing so. Through our conversations, we hope to gain insights that will help us to get the most out of our efforts. I'm your host Shubhanjan Sarkar, founder of Pitchlink, the next generation buyer-seller engagement platform where our mission is to make buying easy. Welcome to Bits About Books. Thank you for your time and for joining us in this session. I have a favor to ask. While you continue to listen to the podcast, please leave a comment or rating at iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts from. I personally look at each comment and will give you a shout out to each of you in our following episodes. It means a lot to hear from you. Our guest today is Dr. Cindy McGovern and we speak to her about her latest bestseller, Sell Yourself, How to Create, Live and Sell a Powerful Personal Brand. Right before I defended my dissertation, I have a PhD in communication. And literally in the weeks leading up to that, one of my trusted mentors pulled me aside. And we were talking about my dissertation defense and all my preparation. And he said something that kind of shocked me. He said, girls who look like you are not supposed to be smart. And I was taken aback. I didn't quite know what to do with that. And what he was saying is, regardless of my research, regardless of how well I did in the courses, I had to sell myself as a capable PhD candidate. And he was giving me a very powerful piece of advice, which is you can't just sell the research, you have to sell you. And recognizing I'm selling against whatever preconceived notions the people in the room had, even though these people knew me, we all have preconceived notions, we're human. And so it was a very powerful piece of advice and and that stuck with me. Known as the first lady of sales, Dr. Cindy has worked with major organizations for the last 18 years to not only help them grow, but also turn their human capital into confident salespeople at every level of their company. Using tools from her doctorate in organizational communication and years of consulting, Dr. Cindy developed sales cultures across various industries to change human behavior at a fundamental level. Her goal is to help people embrace their inner salesperson because everyone sells every day. Dr. Cindy wants to be a resource to help people to learn how to sell more effectively. With a business motto of grow big or go home, Dr. Cindy transforms businesses and individuals to increase growth and revenue. Backed by an equally experienced team, Dr. Cindy is the face of Orange Leaf Consulting. Now, on to this eye-opening episode with Dr. Cindy McGovern. Dr. Cindy, welcome to Bits About Books. I'm delighted to have you here, because, especially because you've written a very different kind of book on selling. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to be spending time with you today. So before we actually dive in, tell a bit about your work and what you're doing. Uh, what's keeping you busy these days? So I, I lots of things. Um, launching this book was was quite fun and I'm still in the middle of book launch. I also run a consulting company and an online academy. So I'm doing all of those fun projects, but really book launch has been the focus for the last few months and um, I'm doing some international work right now around the book as well. Wonderful, wonderful. So, so tell me, why did you think 
you needed to write a book about selling oneself. So this is the book I wish somebody had given me when I was 18. <laughs> um, we all sell every day. We're selling ourselves every day and everything we do and everything we don't do. And it reflects on our personal brand, our reputation. And with all the changes that happened in the world in the last few years, I thought it was important to help people to sell themselves in the most amazing way they possibly could. We went through over the last few years, the great resignation, the great remorse, the great reset. I wanted to be able to help people to live their most powerful personal brands to help them get what they wanted. So it was uh, it was sort of a thing keeping me up at night. So I needed to write a book about it. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, there's a very interesting thing you write in the preface, which where you say that if you don't define your own brand, others will, and they will assign a brand to you, right? And and that that's a very powerful thought because most of the time we do not think about it that way, right? So. So, so tell me, let's let's go back. I mean, I understand what was going on in the world in the last two or three years, but I would like to believe that this book was sort of germinating long before that. So, so, so let's go back to the origin story. So the origin story is actually in the book. It's the first story that I tell, which is right before I defended my dissertation. I have a PhD in communication. And literally in the weeks leading up to that, one of my trusted mentors pulled me aside. And we were talking about my dissertation defense and all my preparation. And he said something that kind of shocked me. He said, girls who look like you are not supposed to be smart. Remember that when you go into that room. And I was taken aback. I didn't quite know what to do with that. And what he was saying is, Regardless of my research, regardless of how well I did in the courses, I had to sell myself as a capable PhD candidate when I went into that room. And I was sitting there thinking, research speaks for itself. I did all, I checked all the boxes. Right. And he was giving me a very powerful piece of advice, which is you can't just sell the research, you have to sell you. And recognizing I'm selling against whatever preconceived notions the people in the room had, even though these people knew me, we all have preconceived notions, we're human. And so it was a very powerful piece of advice and, and that stuck with me truly since that day. And it sort of, like you said, it was germinating in there. And then with all the changes in the world, I felt like it was time to bring that message to, to the forefront. Very interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I can totally relate to the fact that some personal triggers typically uh, result in writing of this nature. Having said that, when you decided that there has to be a book around this idea, how did you go about actually structuring it? What, what was your process? So when I write, I write by post-it note, believe it or not. That's, that's my writing and creative process. And so it started with some journaling exercises. I'm, I'm a, a fountain pen and paper girl. And I started just jotting down the ideas and thinking about what the lessons needed to be and should be around personal branding and the intersection of personal branding and sales, most importantly. And then literally I write my post-it notes. So I started, every time I would have an idea, I wrote it on a post-it and it goes on a wall in my home office. And once the wall is full, then I start rearranging and then it starts to come to life in terms of what this sections of the book need to be, what the chapters need to be, and then so follows the outline, and then of course the writing of the book itself. But this book was very fast. 
with my publisher, I signed the agreement on, on the 28th of January and it came out September 27th. So wow. this was a very fast process. Right. I mean, you already answered my second, I mean, the, the follow-up question that how long did it take you to actually write those notes? And how long did you take uh, to to put it together? So, so, so I, I'm assuming that it was a few months by which time you had all the ideas sort of lined up. Uh, then, then what happened? I mean, did you go into actually writing the book, or were you still sort of discussing and talking to and validating some of the ideas? So it's funny because I was validating the ideas on this book years before now. It was just sort of the catalyst of what had happened in the world that brought it to now. So I had sort of already been having conversations and that kind of thing. But during the writing process, I do think it's important to have feedback. And I seek that. I, I do. I talk to my friends. I talk to colleagues. I talk to customers and sort of test my post-it notes out <laughs> and see how they land. And what I kept finding was, which is part of what led me to, to sort of the, the name of the book of Sell Yourself, was the part that people forget is that's such a common phrase, sell yourself, sell yourself. But the operative word is sell. And so many people are afraid of that. So in the process of learning and getting feedback from folks that I trust, I was realizing that was the part that needed to be the crux of the book. That was the focus of the book is you need to have a brand, you need to live the brand, but you really need to sell the brand. And I needed to be able to teach someone how to do that. So that came out of a lot of the conversations that I was having um, during the writing process, but also years prior. Of course. I mean, if the book is about selling yourself, the the crux is the selling, obviously. Yet it is different when you're selling yourself, vis-a-vis you're selling an idea or selling something else, because this becomes very personal. If you can't sell, you have failed and in a very personal way, right? Uh, so did you consider to use a different word than sell? So I didn't. And the reason for that is I have kind of this personal mission in life to change the way that people look at sales because they have this ick factor around it. But we're actually selling every day. We just don't call it that. We call it convincing or persuading or getting buy-in. But it's actually sales that you're doing and you're following a sales process in that. But again, it's it's deconstructed in your mind to the point where you don't think about it as a sales process. And so Part of my mission in this book and in my previous book and in the work that I do is help people to overcome the ickiness of sales because once you know what the formula is and a solid sales process, you're so much more convincing. You can get that buy-in. You can get someone to do what you want them to do or help you or be able to help someone else more effectively. It's a, it's a communication tactic. So I wanted the word sell or sales in the title, um, but I didn't want to scare people either. So I needed to, I needed to have a phrase that people were a little bit more comfortable with. <laughs> right, right. When you decided, actually, you're, you're putting these notes down, when did you decide that this will not be just a series of chapters, but it will be divided into three parts? So great question. Um, you know, the post-it wall <laughs> kind of dictates how, how the book's going to be divided and putting them into order. It was pretty evident to me that there needed to be some sort of a planning phase 
there needed to be the execution phase and then there needed to be the proactive part of selling. And so I brought those into sort of the create, live and sell your powerful personal brand, which is the subhead of the book. But it, it was very evident to me that most people don't think about their personal brand and have a plan around it unless you're like a celebrity or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're in where you go and even what restaurants you're seen in. But for the average person... We don't have a plan around our brand. And that's actually what gets us into trouble or can be limiting is because other people assign our brand to us. So I wanted to give people the opportunity, and it's a bit of a workshop and a book, to be able to go through the steps of what it would be like to really assess your personal brand, get some honest feedback, get clear on who you want to be in the world, what the legacy is that you want to be leaving, and then take them into the phase of this is how you authentically live who you are. And now that you're doing that, this is how you look for the opportunities to sell it to get closer to your goals. Fantastic. So, so let's go over the go over the structure of create, uh, live, and sell. Uh, what what does the create phase involve? So the first thing is knowing what's out there about you already, <laughs> and this is mm. a little bit of a scary exercise for some because it does require a bit of an honest inventory and seeking feedback from people that you trust because your brand is out there. It's it's out there already. People already have an impression of you. We need to know what that is. And if it's in line with what your vision is for yourself, and if it's not, you've got to sell a different facet of your brand. So, you know, seeking some of that feedback, but also there's some internal exercises around your own core values. And what are the words that you want people to use when they describe you? What is the impact you want to be making in the world? And then looking for alignment in what people are saying and seeing, and then what your intention is. And if there is a disconnect, that's where you want to pay attention is that rebranding moment or, you know, a micro rebrand, as I call it, too, where you have to sell a different facet of yourself. We're very multifaceted people. We're like diamonds, truthfully. And so there are different parts of the diamond that shine given the circumstance, given the opportunity. But unless you know what all the facets are, you don't know which one to turn on at the right time. Right. And so I want people to sort of own their superpowers is what I call them in the book, because I think we all have them. But again, what when have we ever sat down and just made a list of our superpowers? <laughs> like it, We don't do that as, yeah, as human yeah. beings. So I wanted people to be able to create that for themselves. So in terms of figuring out what the impression is about you already, which means what is the brand that you already stand for before you decide to change it or whatever, or align it with what your thoughts are, uh, what, what is the broad strokes of doing that? So one of the first things that I'll have you do is literally write down f like five to 10 words that mean something to you around the impact that you want to make in the world. And what's interesting about that exercise is you might be more surprised at what's not on the list than what is on the list. Because we, we sort of put things like, I want to be kind. I want to be seen as compassionate. I'm not looking for descriptor words. I'm looking for impact words. And so when you start to think about what you really want the impact of the world to be, you're creating your legacy already, you're living your legacy. You start to do that inventory for yourself and really get clear on the things that maybe you need to let go so that you can make more room for the things that you want to make an impact in. So for example, you know, teaching is definitely one of, of mine. It's an impact statement of mine. I want to be able to help people to live a better life. 
through teaching them how to sell. So when I think about teaching, I have to think about that takes planning, that takes seeking opportunities to teach and coach. And so when you look at that, maybe a word that's not on my list is student, even though that's part of who I am. I'm a lifelong learner, but the brand that I want to present is the teacher brand. So it's just looking at that inventory and figuring out which core words for you um, are most powerful and which ones you want to live most authentically. Fantastic. Before we move on, I have a quick question on this one. What is the most surprising word that you have come across while you are teaching this method to, to, to your students? Actually, there was a very funny one. It was a conversation when I was seeking feedback about the book. And one person said they wanted to be confrontational. And, and I would say this person's brand absolutely is. Um, and, and that's part of who they are. But I asked, I said, you know, confrontation has such a negative connotation help me understand why this is part of your legacy. And this person responded in a very clear and meaningful way of, my job is to push the envelope. And so I look at conflict and confrontation as not a negative, but as an opportunity for learning and teaching. And I was like, good answer. But that was, you know, it's sort of like the word sales. Everybody goes, ooh, you know, we say <laughs> confrontational, ooh, but it was a good answer. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's a very good. And, and, and believe me, as the moment you told me the word, I sort of knew what he was talking about. I, yeah. I, I can I can imagine that, you know, I need to push the I, I need to push it forward. I need I need to sort of disturb the status quo. I, I need to sort of That's shake right. it up. Right. So, so. And, and that was exactly what it was. But but it was funny that he chose that word versus disruptor. Yeah. yeah and in my mind, I was like, you know, that was. I, and, and I asked, I said, well, why wouldn't you say disruptor? He goes, because I don't want to just disrupt. I want to challenge. And I was like, okay, again, good answer. So his brand, he knew what he wanted to do. <laughs> right, right, right. It's time for a short break. Stay with us. After the break. They have to live their brand authentically. No sale ever happens without trust. And so when you're living your brand authentically, you're building trust around your reputation and who you are and how you show up in the world. And we see sort of the opposite of this. Like when, when we see someone that's out of character or does something that is off brand for them, it builds distrust, it creates disease. And so when we look at that and you say, okay, well, the reason it did that is because we felt like it went against what we thought they were. You are listening to a Business Podcast Network original. Podcasting is the fastest growing content marketing opportunity, which is untapped. We can help you craft your audio strategy and help leverage the wide reach and easy streaming capability that the smartphone penetration provides. It is easy, it is powerful and personal. Talk to us to find out how podcasting can help you build your brand and reach out to your targets like never before. Write to us at bpn at bizcast.in that is bpn at biz c-a-s-t dot i-n business podcast network podcasts end to end welcome back i'm shubhanjan sarkar your host for bits about books and founder of pitchlink the buyer seller engagement platform let's dive right back into the episode where we left it so so moving on uh, your next phase is live and that's a very it can be a very uh, challenging concept for people because, well, what's different in living? I'm living every day anyway, right? So, so, so what are we trying to do there? What, are we, what, what is the message that you have? 
Yeah, it's a fantastic question. And and this is where I think a lot of people don't recognize they have to live their brand authentically. No sale ever happens without trust. And so when you're living your brand authentically, you're building trust around your reputation and who you are and how you show up in the world. And we see sort of the opposite of this. Like when, when we see someone that's out of character or does something that is off brand for them, it builds distrust. It creates deceits. And so when we look at that and you say, okay, well, the reason it did that is because we felt like it went against what we thought they were. That creates a bit of conflict in us and sort of where do I file you in my mind now because I thought you were this and now you're behaving like this. So part of living your most authentic brand and your most powerful self is getting clear on how you can do this for the long term. Because the whole goal in it is to create trust around your brand. So if you look at products or services that are out there, there's a reason that we have brand loyalty. And it's because we trust that it's going to work. You trust your laundry detergent. You trust your car. You trust, you know, whatever coffee brand. Same thing with human beings. So that living piece is actually about living and creating trust within your personal brand. And that's harder than some people think because it takes a lot of intention to do that. For example, let's say that you're going to create a healthy lifestyle. Well, maybe you don't eat the plate of brownies, maybe you eat one. <laughs> so there's a choice. There's a plan. You have to strategically approach it differently than you would if you were just going along your merry way. And so that's what I talk about in the live section of the book is how you live it your most authentic way. But it takes some planning in order to do that. Right. And and how do you differentiate between living your brand and living your company's brand? I mean, you, you have this two chapters, right? So so how, how, how does that differ? So what's interesting is this was a huge uh, conversation that I was having a lot of, uh, with our clients, actually, because they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm I am the brand. Yes and no. And that's actually where a lot of things, you know, people have sort of portfolio careers nowadays. The, the, the days of us working at a company for 30 years and then retiring are kind of gone. So as we look at people creating a portfolio career, we have to look at how their own values and their personal brand aligns with the brand of the company because you're a walking ambassador for the company anyways. Hmm. But if it's in conflict, it actually affects both your personal brand and the company's brand and reputation. So we find that, and this is kind of came in vogue maybe 25 years ago, companies started hiring based on values. They started doing interviews based on cultural fit. Well, the whole reason for that is they want brand alignment, and that's just mm. personal brand and company brand. And it doesn't mean that you have to live, eat, sleep, and breathe whatever your right. company is 24-7. But again, you're creating trust. So if the goal is to create trust so we can sell the brand, whether that be ourselves or our company, there has to be some alignment at the end of the day. Right. And, and if there is a misfit, it will sort of, sort of come to the surface sooner than later and basically makes both ends not trustworthy. Both your personal brand gets impacted as well as your company brand. I think, I think yeah. That that makes sense. So so let's get into selling. So I understand the, the whole pushback to the word sell. How does that sort of integrate here in the book? Because you, you are very positive about the word sell. So. so 
I, I'm on a personal mission to change the world's view of sales, truthfully. And so we, by the time I'm done, we might need a new word for it, honestly. Like we have to call it something else because I want people to realize that it is truly a life skill, not a business skill. I want to take it out of the boardroom. I want to put it in the classroom and I want to put it in the world. And we all have kind of an avatar in our mind of a salesperson. And and I used to have this, by the way, I, I have this avatar and I call him Tommy two thumbs. And he's the, the guy that's like, Hey, what's it going to take to close the deal today? You know, like, and I think most people have that avatar of, of an icky sale where they were sold to. Hmm. I don't believe in selling to, I am, I believe in inviting people to buy. That's my method of sales. And I think good salespeople, and I think you agree with this too, is good salespeople, that's what you're doing. You're inviting them to buy. You're putting them in the power position. And the only time we're ever sold to is when we lose our power, when our power is taken from us. Hmm. So what I want to do is empower people to sell themselves. You're in the power position to sell yourself the strength lies within you to empower you to help others. And I think any good personal brand, truthfully, has an impact on others. I think if we, nobody does this life alone, we're here to help. But that sell piece is really important because that's what you're doing, whether you realize it or not. And we might as well do it on purpose and we might as well do it the right way. <laughs> and so, yeah. You know, you're selling your brand. And, and and I have this conversation a lot with leaders that I coach, like managers and leaders. And they're like, oh, well, you know, my team knows I care about them. Okay, well, what are you doing to actively sell your caring facet of your brand? What are you doing to show them this? How are you living it? How are you advocating for that? People that are wanting a promotion at, jo at jobs, how are you advocating for yourself? How are you raising your hand and saying, I can do this, I wanna do this. The sales is the difference between living it and proactively pushing it out into the world. And that's what I want people to be able to do. So, so most people are selling themselves short is what you're saying. I almost named the book that. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, you do have a chapter out there. So uh, is that what you think people are doing? I absolutely think they're doing that because they don't know any better. And, you know, I never wanted to be in sales, which is kind of funny now, known as the first lady of sales. But I but I thought it was that icky thing, got pushed into a sales role and then realized, wait a second, I was doing this literally my entire life. Everyone on the planet is good at sales. And I believe that wholeheartedly because we were all five years old at one point and five-year-olds are the best salespeople on the planet. <laughs> so, I like you. So, we have that innate skill. We just have to tap back into that five-year-old self to be able to get what we want. But somewhere along the way, you're told, you know, oh, you shouldn't self-promote, that you shouldn't be braggadocious, you know, oh, you have to have humility. I believe you can have humility and still promote your superpowers because if you don't bring your best self, how can you help other people then? If we don't know what you bring to the table, how can you help? And so I want people to live their most powerful personal brands because I think it makes us all better. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and I think that's where your epilogue ties this whole thing in so well, because if you start thinking about your legacy, that's when all these things have a have a continued value to yourself, because end of that, you will not do something that you don't value. Right. So if you don't value your brand, you will not do it and so on and so forth. So what is it that you think 
a common man. I mean, again, we are not talk talking of celebrities who have a body of work. I mean, these are guys who are just doing a day's job, honestly, uh, raising a family uh, and possibly will die without most people knowing about their existence. Where does legacy fit into this? So they have a legacy too. Everyone, everyone has a legacy. And, and that's where I really want people to be empowered to recognize that. You don't have to have a library named after you or something to have a, a legacy. You're making an impact on those around you every single day. And the story that those people will tell after we're gone is your legacy. So what story are you giving them? What story are you selling them? Because they have one already. Is it a good one? Is it the, is it the one you want them to be telling? Making right. sure of that. And I think we have an obligation to be the stewards of our narrative and to make sure we're controlling that narrative out there. And for the father, for the mother, for the sister, the brother, the cousin that wants to do their job, raise their kids, and, and that's the existence, that is your legacy. Recognizing that's your legacy. And you're impacting those around you why not do it in the way that you want them to talk about you later? Bits About Books is brought to you by Pitchlink, the buyer-seller engagement platform. Pitchlink makes buying easy by enabling high-quality engagement between buyers and sellers through its presentation and discussion modules. Sellers create customized sales narratives using sales collaterals and personal videos and reach out to prospects through a non-intrusive buyer-qualified engagement. Pitchlink requires no installation or download and holds the entire repository of sales collaterals and buyer-seller conversations. Talk to us to know more about how you can engage with customers without intrusion. Call us on 99021-631-32. Cindy, this was a fantastic chat. Uh, it's, it's very invigorating because I think as you know, I mean, I talk to a lot of uh, authors who write books about sales, right? And 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 legitimately, they're all great books. I mean, I've had the good fortune of having really, really fine uh, minds on the show. Uh, but this is this is something very different. And and I would, I mean, it it would be nice if I could talk to you, say, six months down the line, and we discuss about five case studies where people actually adapted this idea and reframed their exist. I mean, I'm not say existence, but reframed the way world looked at them and also in the process reframed their own thinking because you have to do that first, which is the create part, right? Without that, you cannot sort of ask the world to reframe where you, where you are. So I, I, would, I would love to sort of come back to you and, and discuss a few of these stories because what I figured is people, I mean, there is so much out there, right? So we are not short of knowledge in, in today's world. I mean, one thing that you have in abundance is knowledge. Yet, we have very little application. And that's the problem. Right? Uh, and I, I think one of the reasons is because people do not know how to join the dots, although it seems very obvious, and, 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 and examples help them a lot. So, I mean, to, to, to cut it short, I, I would love to have some examples and actually talk about them with you uh, when, when you have some of those with you. And, uh, and, and that would make a fascinating, as fascinating a, 
conversation as this one. I would love that. And it's funny that you say that because people have started leaving reviews for the book and people have started reaching out to me on social media. I'm easy to find. And people are saying, I never thought about my brand until I read this book. I never thought about the way that I'm you know, making an impression on others. And there is one lady already that had said that she changed the way that she responds to people in emails because she realized she's super busy and she's she left pleasantries out. There's no good morning. There's no have a good day. And what she didn't realize was in her honest inventory when she asked for feedback, she was giving the impression to people that she didn't care. And she never meant to sell that. That wasn't what she meant to sell. So she's now taking an extra 15 seconds in her email communication, which it's just funny when we think about that. We all do that. We all kind of cut out the pleasantry sometimes in the back and forth. Yeah. But the way that that was coming across was that she was not as uh, caring about them as human beings. It was more about the task at hand. And that wasn't part of the legacy she wanted. So I, I would love to have this conversation. I'm collecting stories. <laughs> and I, I would definitely come back or whenever you are ready, give me a shout and we'll do that. Okay. Perfect. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. And, and thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. We have a fantastic lineup over the next couple of episodes with great conversations on breakthrough books. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you do not miss a single episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being with us today on Bits About Books, where we talk to authors about breakthrough books on sales, marketing, and business. We hope this conversation helped inform and motivate as we all navigate a rapidly changing business environment. For us, these are enlightening conversations enriched with knowledge and expertise. We encourage you to go out and buy the book to learn firsthand and implement some of the great ideas we discussed today. We hope to have you with us again in the next exciting episode of Bits About Books. If you liked what you heard, Subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts from and give us a rating while you are at it. This BizCast original podcast is produced for PitchLink, the next generation buyer-seller engagement platform where the mission is to make buying easy. Hosted by Subhanjan Sarkar and produced by Rajiv Aditya. See you next time and have a wonderful day.